Thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information about Grace Hill, follow us on social media at gracehill901 or visit gracehill901.com. Uh, the good news about my house is we're in a season with, with my Lego builder, my chief Lego builder, where it doesn't really matter what we build. Uh, it could be, you know, a, a make-believe car. Uh, we could make something up just kind of like I'm doing right now. The, the, the fun in Lego building, in building something in our house right now, just comes from simply trying to construct something and put it together. And so we put random pieces in random places. We have, you know, headless stormtroopers that we play with. I mean, this is, this is fun. This Lego table is actually the Lego table that is in my office so that in case my, my youngest needs a little bit of entertainment, we've got it covered. We've got it taken care of. And so we, we build Legos, we build these things in our, in, in our house, and we get down on the floor, and, and it doesn't matter what we build, it's just the fact that we're, we're building something. We may not even have really an end in mind with what we're building. And by the way, in case you wondered, it's really hard to build something with Legos with one hand. Uh, I didn't pre-test this. Uh, th- this is actually pretty challenging. Um, but, but this is what we do in our house. We, we spend sometimes hours, and I'm thankful that Cody's not really interested in the Lego sets yet. He's really just interested in building something random. But, but if you've ever built one of those Lego sets, or if you're uh, an Ikea shopper and you go and you buy, you know, carloads of this furniture that you have to actually take home and put together yourself, you, you know how frustrating it can be to get about 99.999999% done. And you pick the instructions up thinking you've completed the project and underneath the instructions are some extra pieces. And you have no idea where they go. You have no idea why they got there. You have no idea if this thing that you've built is even going to last. And it can be so incredibly frustrating to get to that place. And for, for each of us in our lives, you know, we, we laugh a little bit about a Lego table or we laugh about this cheap, you know, Ikea furniture that's got a kajillion pieces to put a cabinet together, you know. We, we laugh about that. But the reality is for each one of us in our lives, each one of us, we are building something in our lives that we're working towards. Uh, Some of you, you're you're building your career. And the moment you get one promotion in your company, you begin to go to the job postings page in your company, and you're waiting for the next promotion to pop through so that you can apply for it. Others of you, you're, you're building into relationships. You, you, maybe you've moved here recently or maybe you've had some friends move away and you've got your tribe and you're just building into those relationships. You're building those relationships for solid ground later down the road. Many of you, and, and, and I wish I could claim this, I mean, I'm, I'm building my body, it's just going the wrong way most days, but some of you are building your body. You, you want to take care of your body, and you're trying to build your body to look a certain way, and so you spend time you know, eating, counting exactly what you're going to eat and how long you're going to work out. Now, some of you, uh, you're trying to build a family. I mean, many of you, you may be trying to build a body in hopes of trying to build a family eventually, but, but many of you, you're building a family. 
and you've got one child or two children or you're dreaming of children one day or you're in the next phase of life and, and you're dreaming about grandchildren and, and all of your children leaving when at the end of the night and you having a peaceful, quiet home at the end of the day. I mean, you're, you're building each one of these areas of your life. And, and the fear inside of me, I don't know if it's the fear inside of you, but the fear inside of me is much like maybe sitting down at a Lego table with a, a box full of Legos and following some instructions, the fear inside of me is that as I put this together and go through my life building a career, building a family, building a future, what if, what if I get to the end of it all and there's some missing pieces laying underneath the instruction manual? What if I get into my life and I realize that, man, all the pieces didn't fit together the way that I thought that they had, had, should have fit together? What if I skipped a step somewhere along the way? What if what I was building was actually not as stable as I thought that it would be? What if what I was building was not even what I should have been building to begin with? The good news for you and the good news for me, if you find yourself in a similar spot and you live with that fear, you live with a little bit of that anxiety, the good news for you and the good news for me is this, is that the Bible speaks to that. The psalm we're actually going to look at today, Psalm 127, speaks directly to this, how we can have some uh, uh, um, road signs, how we can have some guardrails to our life to know, okay, are, are we building something? Are we building the right things? Are we building the right future? Are we putting our energy and effort into the right moments in our life? And the psalmist that we're going to look at today, the, the writer that's attributed to this song, he knows this all too well. And so we've been in this summer series in the Psalms of Ascents. And so if you have your Bible or if you want to follow along in your Bible app, uh, you can go to the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, uh, the bottom right corner where it says more, click on that. Then it pulls up and says a window that says events. Click on events. It'll pull up Grace Hill Church, all the announcements, next steps, everything. It's our digital bulletin. You can track with us there. And actually today, if you've walked in the door and you're like, man, I don't know a lot about church. This is the first time I'm here. It's the first time I've been to church in a long time. I hope this guy doesn't go long. I hope he doesn't cover like 48 verses. The good news for you is we're going to read, we're going to read a little bit of the psalm, but we're actually going to look at one half of one verse today is all we're going to look at. So Psalm 127, we're gonna start in verse one, and I wanna read the first couple of verses just to give us a little bit of context, just to help us understand a little bit about what the psalmist is writing here. So this is what the psalmist says in Psalm 127, verse one. He says this, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. And I love this. For he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Isn't that a beautiful picture of God? He gives to his beloved even in his sleep. And so today we're, we're really going to focus just on the first half of the first verse. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor in vain, 
that they labor in vain who build it. And so the first point you can write down, if you're a note taker, if you like to jot things down in your Bible, if you like to use your note app or Evernote, whatever it may be, the first note that you can write, the first point you can write down is this, is let God build it. Let God build it. If you, want a, if you want a mile marker, if you want a signpost, if you want a guardrail, if you're going through this life and your career and your future and you're looking out ahead and you're wondering, man, am I on the right track? Am I, on, am I, am I headed in the right direction? Are all the pieces fitting together so that when my life, when I step back and look at it, I'm gonna go, yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what I thought. First thing the psalmist says here is let God build it. Now the context of this is really important to understand. This, this psalm is attributed to Solomon. Solomon was King David's son, and he knew just a couple of things about building. I mean, he was kind of an expert in this world. He, he was incredibly wise. Much of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, as well as a few other sort of scattered out throughout the Bible is accredited to, to Solomon. And, but he's only credited with two of the Psalms, Psalm 72 and this one, 127. And he knew a few things about how to, how to build something and what seeing something being built would look like. Solomon actually built what was called Solomon's Temple. I've got a picture here. This is an actual real-life picture of Solomon's Temple, what it looked like. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what you can find on Google. Um, but this is, a, this is an artist's rendering in case you're like, don't tweet that. Like, oh my gosh, the pastor today had a real picture of Solomon's temple. That's amazing. No, this is an artist's rendering. Um, but, but you know, th this was the temple that Solomon built for the Lord. And this wasn't a six-month construction plan. This wasn't a, a year-long, you know, work. It took seven years to build Solomon's temple. And can you imagine going in and sitting down with a contractor and saying, okay, here's our hopes and our dreams and we're all excited and we want to start a family and the contractor looking back at you and going, hey, by the way, it's going to take seven years to build this. I mean, you would, you would walk out of that contractor's office as fast as you could, but Solomon knew a thing or two about building. He was the, he was the, the lead point on Solomon's temple, on the place that would be the house of the Lord. And the whole point, the whole essence, the whole desire for Solomon was to build a place that would be some kind of picture, some representative of the magnitude, of the goodness, of the, of the graciousness of our God. And so he built this incredible temple to house the presence of God in. Now, I love what, what the, the psalmist here, what Solomon writes. I, I love what he says here. Solomon knows the importance of having the Lord be in the middle, guiding, directing your labor. And he had a front row seat. Solomon had a front row seat to the fall of his father, David. He, he uh, no doubt heard the stories of Goliath. He no doubt heard the stories of the bear and the lion. But he no doubt heard the stories and saw the destruction that came from some of his father's choices that he made as his father chose to build his life around his desires and his wants and his dreams and his, his uh, longings. He no doubt saw what it would look like. He had a front row seat to the fall of his father. And I love that Solomon says this, I, I, and this is so good for each one of us to hear today. Solomon doesn't say, let the Lord do all the work. It took thousands of laborers to build Solomon's temple. I mean, he didn't just sit back and just be like, okay, God, build it. 
Waiting on the moment, God. Come on. It took thousands of, I'm sure, hours of planning, resources, laborers to construct this temple. But Solomon knew that the, the point behind it, the motivation behind it, or the essence of it had to be that unless the Lord builds the house. This is not a psalm of laziness. So husbands, don't quote the psalm the next time you know, your wife comes to you and says, honey, we got to do this project. Hey, unless the Lord builds the house. I'm just saying, unless the Lord builds the house. This is a psalm, and I love this. This is a psalm of partnership with the Lord. This is, this is not a, an excuse for laziness. This is not an excuse to be absent from building the kingdom of God. This is not an excuse to be absent from pouring into the life of your church or your career or your family. This is, this is not an excuse for that. This is simply a picture of what partnering with the Lord to build your home, to build your career, to build your future, to build your church, to build your, the lives up of your spouse, of your kids. This is a picture of just sheer dependence on God. In essence, this is, this is you know, in, in my quiet times in the morning, I, I have a, a wide margin Bible and it's clumsy and it's big and, and you can't sit it on your lap and read. It's not that kind of thing. But, but I, I love to just write in the margins of my Bible. And, and I wrote this in the margin of my Bible this week as, as I was doing my devotion in, in Psalm 127. I wrote this. I said, God, I'm putting my hands to the plans, but you've got to be in the middle of the plans. God, I'm putting my hands to the plans. I'm going to work. I'm going to strive. I'm going to labor, but you have got to be in the middle of the plans. The essence of what the psalmist here is saying is whatever the work may be, if God isn't in the work, it will ultimately be meaningless. It simply won't last unless the Lord builds the house. Now, I know my lanes pretty well. Anybody know what that, that, that's like a pop culture, you know, deal. You know, you hear somebody say, you know, like, hey, that's on brand, you know, and when I first heard it from my kids, I was like, what are you talking about? Half teenagers, they keep you cool, okay? They keep you relevant. So, so I know my lanes pretty well. I, I know a little bit about what I'm good at. I know a little bit about what I'm not good at. Like, I'm really, really good at finding the lost channel changer. Any, any lost channel changer finders in the room? Like, I am excellent at that. It's probably sitting right under where you're sitting, child, you know. Uh, I am really, really good at 10.30 at night when my wife looks at me and says, oh no, we have to bring snacks to school tomorrow and we have nothing in the house to take. I am really good at making a 10.30 store run to, to bring the snacks that we forgot to bring. I am not a carpenter. That is not the lane that I need to run in. I can do minor little repairs around the house. I've learned enough of that, but, but I am not a carpenter. I'm not a woodworker. And a few years ago, I got this crazy idea, this just, just insane idea that I was going to build a dining room table for my wife. Yes, I was. And, and, and so, you know, I did what every man would do in that moment. I went to Pinterest and I started looking around, trying to figure out, okay, how can I do this? What's the easiest way to take care of this? And the first part started out great. I found the plans, and I came in, and I held the, you know, the computer or the iPad. I said, honey, this, I'm going to build this for you. Oh, baby, that'd be amazing. 
And I loaded up the SUV and I went to Lowe's and I bought the supply list and I got everything home and it all landed in the backyard and I had some new tools and I felt really, really cool. And I got about 10% into this project and I realized I have no clue what I'm doing, none whatsoever. Thankfully, all the fingers, you know, stayed intact throughout the entire process, project. But I got about 10% in and realized I have no clue what I'm doing. And then one of the lanes that I feel like I can run in pretty well is when I hit a wall, I'll ask somebody to help. I got no problem doing that. I may be a man, but I'm not stupid. Uh, and, and I remembered that my next door neighbor was a contractor. And so I started thinking, well, he could at least kind of give me some coaching. So I, I did what you know, every guy would do in that moment. I called him and said, hey, how you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Hey, are you home from work yet? No, 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 not yet. I'll be home in about an hour. Man, I would love to show you the new project that I'm working on. Would, would, would you come, to, you know, just, just come to the backyard. I would just love to show you what I'm working on. Oh, yeah, man, I'll be over. And, and of course, you know, anytime you've walked in and you're an expert in a situation and somebody's making an absolute fool of themselves, it takes you about two and a half milliseconds to figure out they have no clue what they're doing. And he walked in the backyard and he saw this table and you could just see it all over. He's like, this guy has no clue what he's doing. He knew immediately why he was there. And so he, he, started, uh, he started asking me questions like, well, well, how are you going to brace it here? Well, I don't know. What would you do? Well, I, I would, I'd probably get a two-by-two. Two and I, you know, like He started walking me through the whole thing. And then he said the magic words. The magic words. He said this. If you need my help, just call me. And I said, will do. <laughs> will do. And, and it was amazing because uh, several times over the next, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I made a phone call to him and just said, hey, what would you do? What would you do? How would you, how would you help? How, what, how, would you, how would you make this cut? If you were making this cut, how would you make this cut? And, and here's, here's, here's a little bit, it's a funny story, but here's the truth behind it. Is that table probably would have eventually gotten built. I, I probably could have figured it out with enough trial and error eventually. But you know what's amazing is I built that table almost seven years ago. And in seven years, it's lasted about three moves. Um, it actually now, my wife loved it so much, she moved it outside. True story. She, she moved it outside. And it is now the table that we gather around about three times a year when we eat on the back patio. It's amazing. But that table has survived. It's lasted. It's lasted through all of us. We've made memories around this table. We've cried around this table. And, and, and along the way, I would have, had it not been for my next door neighbor, been so frustrated by the process. Except there's not been too many things I've gotten right in my life, but I got this one right. I made a phone call. And I said, I need your help. Would you be willing just to help me and guide me through this and be a part of the process? And I think the essence is here for the psalmist is that in our lives, when, we, when we're building our family, when we're building our career, when we're building our relationships, when we're building our bodies, when we're trying to build our future, we can build it alone. You can build all of those things all on your own. This verse is completely optional for you. But you are going to be so frustrated, I promise you, you will be so frustrated along the way with the process. And, and I believe this because I've done this in my life, is that as you go through and as you build this future that you think that is a preferred future for yourself, you will always be questioning, am I doing it right? 
Are the pieces coming together right? And I fully believe that's why the psalmist said, unless the Lord builds the house. Those who labor, they're going to labor in vain. I might have gotten that table eventually built on my own, but I also may have eventually just given up. Some of you, you may have found yourself, you've been trying to build this future, this career, this family, this relationship, building into your spouse, building into your kids, building into your church, building into your community, whatever it may be, and you're doing it on your own. You're doing it apart from the Lord for whatever reason you've got. And the danger that you've run into is you've been frustrated so long because you've been doing it on your own that you're at a point where you're just like, you know, hey, this is obviously not working. I'm out. I'm I'm just going to give up. And so the question I wrote in my Bible this week as I was I was I was reading through this, I, I, I it just it was the resounding question that came up. Okay, well then you know here's here's the obvious thing. Then how do you know? How do you know if, if, if the Lord is building the house? I mean, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't want to build this thing on my own. I, I want to know, unless the Lord builds the house. Okay, God, you know, I, yes, that's what I want. But how do I know? I don't want to miss it. What I want to do is I want to give you two checkpoints, two guardrails, two, two ideas, two thoughts to just ask yourself. As you think about whatever it is you're building into and building towards and, and, and the future that you're trying to build in your life, I want to give you two good news that come straight out of the Bible. This is not me making it up. The first one is this, is what God is building will make you more like Jesus. What God is building will make you more like Jesus. If you want to know, hey, how, how do I know? How do I know if what I'm building into is, is really, you know, that the Lord is a part of this, that he's the one that's building this, that the motivation is there? I, I just believe it's so simple. Is that when God's building something, that what God is building in your life will make you more like Jesus. And you may say, you know, hey, you don't, you don't know my context. You don't know my wife. You don't know my husband. You don't know my family. I, I can't let God into those areas of my life. Or, or, you know, hey, you may even think this may be your background or your idea. It's like, hey, God doesn't want to be concerned in those areas. He just wants to be concerned the fact that I show up here, you know, a few times a month, and, and I sing the song, and I take a few notes. Like, I'm good if I do that. Well, Jessica alluded to this a little bit earlier in, in, her, uh, uh, in her talking about uh, uh, communicating about the journey groups. And it's a word that has just been just resounding in my life the last several months, and that's simply the word abide. And, and it comes from, from John 15, and I want to take you there just for a minute because I, I want you to see this picture. I want you to see that, that when you are in Christ, that when God is building something in your life, I want, to, I want you to see the results that come from that. Listen to this. John 15. It's going to be on the screen. Abide in me. This is Jesus talking. He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Jessica could go out there and cut a branch of that, of that peach tree off. And it might right now have some fruit. That branch may have fruit on it, but what's going to happen very, very quickly? That fruit's going to fall off, and that branch is not going to produce any more fruit. Why? Because it's not connected to the source of life. It's not connected to the tree. 
Jesus says here, he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So check this out. So neither can you unless you abide in me. And what's interesting about Jessica's peach tree in her backyard, and I didn't have permission to talk about her peach tree in her backyard, but hopefully she'll be cool with this. What's interesting about the peach tree in Jessica's backyard is this. That peach tree only has the ability to produce one kind of fruit, peaches. There will never be a day where Jessica walks in the backyard and goes, oh my gosh, grapes, wow, that's amazing. There will never be a day where she walks back there and there's a big watermelon hanging off you know, the side of her peach tree. Like It's just not gonna happen. The peach tree produces fruit that's representative of the tree that it's connected to. The branches produce fruit that's representative of the tree that it's connected to. And so if you are abiding in Christ in your life, and you're saying, you know, God, I want my life, I want my family, I want my career, I want the things that I'm building into my life to represent you, to represent the ways of God, the things of God, I wanna abide in you, guess what's gonna happen? is that as God is building that into your life, you are going to begin to look. You're going to begin to be more like Jesus. And you're here and you're frustrated. You're frustrated in your career and your relationships. You're, you're frustrated with your family. You, you just feel like you're building and building and building and everything around you. And, and, but, but you're not building into the relationship that you have with Jesus. You're trying to do it apart from a relationship with Jesus. You're not pursuing the one who's made you. You're not abiding in him. And when you abide in him, the beautiful thing about that is when you abide in Jesus, you begin to be like Jesus. You begin to look, not physically, but your heart begins to look more like Jesus. You ever met two old people? They've been married for 60 years and they look like each other. And you're like, what happened your ears look the same. Your eyes look the same. It's because they've been abiding with each other for years. I don't know how that works, but it does. My, my grandparents, I was looking at pictures of them a couple of weeks ago. They look like brother and sister, and they weren't. But, I mean, it just was this, and they were married forever. When you begin to abide in Jesus, you begin to look more and more and more like Jesus so what God is building in your life will produce fruit that looks more like Jesus in your life. And let me say this, it does not mean there will not be seasons of frustration. And we're gonna cover this in just a minute, but, but please don't misunderstand me here. It does not mean there will not be seasons of frustration. It will, does not mean that there will not be seasons of great great trials and frustration in your life. See, here's what I know to be true is that as you begin to abide in Christ, what you want to build in your future begins to change. Second thing is this, you can write this down if you want to, is what God is building will make those around you more like Jesus. Why? Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so if your life is abiding in Jesus, those around you 
will begin to look and begin to see, man, that guy's different. He says it. Jesus says it in John 15. It's going to be on the screen. It says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's trying to clarify roles here. Hey, you're not the vine. You can be your own vine, but you're going to produce a very different kind of fruit if you're the vine. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he, what, bears much fruit. What is the fruit of a follower of Jesus Christ? People that see their life and they go, man, I don't know what she's on. I don't know what she's doing. But, but that boss comes in and he's a jerk and he cusses her out and she's as polite and she's as kind and she's as hospitable to him into his face as she is behind his back. I don't know what's going on in her life, but, but I, I'm drawn to that. Your family begins. We've got people in our church right now that have, that have begun to take reading their Bible seriously every single day. And a guy sat down with me a few weeks ago and he said, man, I don't know what's happened. But like my, my family is better. My relationship with my wife is better. I, I want to be more involved and more engaged at church. He, he looked at me and he goes, we're giving more. He goes, I, I don't understand what's going on in my life. He who abides in me bears much fruit. And so when you begin to abide in Christ, when, when God really begins to get a hold of your life and he begins to be the person who's saying, hey, here's the plans. Let's build this together. Things begin to shift in your life. How amazing would it be? How amazing would it be if you had a coworker come to you or you had a family member come to you, you had a neighbor come to you and they said to you, man, I see your life. I, I see the way you love your spouse. I see the way you talk about your kids. I see the way that, that you treat people who treat you terribly. Well, what's going on? Talk, talk to me about that. You see, when... When God is building into your life, when God is building your life, when your plans and your future center around the things of God and you begin to abide in God, others around you begin to see Jesus in that and begin to be drawn to Jesus that is in you because of that. And this is a painful reality for me as, as I've struggled through this. And I want you guys to know I'm not preaching this message from the mountaintop looking down saying, hey, you know, I've been there, come on with me. Like I've conquered this, I'm over it. This is a daily battle for me. Here's what I've been living the last several years of my life. And this is an incredibly painful reality that the Lord has brought me to. But God will often build something in me before he'll build something through me. God will often build something in me. And you know the, the process of building, like if you go to one of the thousands of homes I feel like that are going to get built back here, you know that that wood that comes off that truck and that sheetrock that comes off that truck is not prefab 
As those houses get built, they've got to be cut down. That wood, those materials have to be cut. They have to be trimmed. They have to be sanded. And that's what a life of devotion, that's what a life of abiding in God, it's what a life of saying, God, unless you build this, I'm going to labor in vain, and I don't want that. So many times in my life, on the other side, I have looked back and realized, man, God was building something in me. And here's what I know, that as God builds something in me, as he saws away at those you know, two by fours in my life and cuts that sheetrock down to fit to size and all of those things that are going on in my life, what I want to build begins to change. What I want my life to look like, my passions, my desires, my dreams, my hopes, my futures begin to change. My frustrations begin to change. And for you in your life, I promise you this, God oftentimes will want to do something in your life before he wants to do something through your life. Some of the most amazing, godly, wonderful people I have ever known will never show up on a Google search that they've done anything incredible. What they did was they lived a life, an incredible life, that was built around and for God. They abided in him on a daily basis. And the legacy that they left for their, for their kids, for their spouse, for their grandkids as they passed on and went to be with Jesus forever, the life that they left behind, the legacy that they left behind was that God may have done something in them while their time was here on earth, greater than anything that God did through them. And the painful reality for me, and I'm, I'm standing here this morning as a guy who's passionate about life, about family, about future, about church. I stand here today saying to you that I want that in my life. I want God to do something in me greater than he does through me. I want God to build something in my life greater than I want God to build through my life. And my prayer for you today is that you're at the same place. That God brings you to that same place. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor in vain, who build it. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you for the fact that it's even an option to say, God, I want to I build my life around you. I want to build my life for you. I want to invite you into the process to build my life, to build my future, to build my family, to build my relationships. And I pray for every single person here that if they're not following you, if they're not following Jesus, that they would, they would make a simpler, simple declaration in their life that they would